0: Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God.
1: Take your Bibles and turn over to Matthew chapter 25. I found out something. If you're going to wear a warm-up suit on Sunday morning, the problem is the microphone, there's no belt. And if you put it in your pocket, it pulls your pants down. So it's, a, it's, it's been trauma all morning for me. But uh, we're going to try to get through this, okay? Has anybody here ever seen anyone that totally missed the point before? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, we do it all the time. We, we do it our own lives. We see other people who just totally miss the point of what's going on all around them and what they're supposed to be doing. I've got some pictures here of totally missing the point. If this is the way you highlight a page, it's not going to help you very much. Has anyone ever done that? I have literally done that, highlighted every word on a page and thought, okay, now I need to go back and, and do something else there. That's kind of missing the point of highlighting. I saw this picture of Crest toothpaste there. 24-hour protection used twice a day. Well, then it's not 24-hour protection. You're kind of missing the point of what that means. I just didn't understand this. Maybe some of you techies can explain the next one to me. Wireless cables. How can they be wireless cables? I didn't quite get that one, so, uh, I mean, somebody can explain it to me later. And then this was from a restaurant. I found this here. Uh, The veggie burger, you can add bacon to it. Why are you getting a veggie burger if you're adding bacon to it? You know, I didn't quite get some of that. Some of those things seem to be totally missing the point of what's going on here. Well, over in Matthew 25, it's shortly after the incident we've been talking about the last couple of weeks where Jesus has had the confrontation with the religious leaders over buying and selling in the temple. He's told some stories that has really angered the religious leaders. And now Jesus begins to talk about the end of times, the end of times. And so let's look over into Matthew 25. We're going to start with verse 31, Matthew 25, verse 31. And we're going to talk about the timing of the story. What's going on in the story that Jesus is telling right here? Look down to verse 31. Now, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the goats on his right uh, on His he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. So if you're looking at this, and you're trying to get a picture of what's going on in our story. It's pretty simple. This takes place on judgment day. When people are divided into the righteous sheep and the cursed goats. So there, there's a division that's going on here. That was a pretty easy division for a farmer. Uh, when it came time and the sheep and the goats came in, you can tell a sheep from a goat. Anybody here smart enough if you look out in a field to tell the difference between a sheep and a goat? All right, it's pretty easy. This story isn't about how you're saved, okay? This is saying, how do you tell someone that's saved from someone that's not saved? And it's saying, okay, it's pretty easy. It's just as easy as a farmer separating sheep from goats. You can tell one from the other. And so this is talking about how does God view, what does God see when he sees the saved and the unsaved? Now today when it comes to what people believe about God, we have all kinds of shades of gray and all kinds of different things that we believe. We can say, "Well, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God at all." Or I'm an agnostic. I'm not really sure what I believe about God. Or I'm a I'm a seeker. I'm seeking things and trying to understand more about God, or or I believe more in a Unitarian approach that there's some kind of God out there and whatever you believe is fine with me. Or, you know, I'm a different faith or a different religion or a different denomination. And we have all of these different kinds of shades of believing in God, or I'm an individualist. I have my own faith. I have people tell me that all the time. You know, I kind of Put together several things like a melting pot, and that's the faith that I have. You know, a little little Oprah there, a little new age there, throw a little Bible in, you know, and then I make my own faith up, you know, and, and it's very comforting to me, or something like that. So we have all these different ways of dividing what people think and what they believe about God. But Jesus said that in the final judgment, there's only going to be two different categories: there's going to be the sheep and there are going to be the goats. And it's going to be a pretty easy separation for Jesus on Judgment Day. You can just look and tell the difference between the sheeps and the goats. Uh, Dawn and I used to live in Virginia. We went to the ball game last night and cheered for Virginia. In a Purdue section, I wanted to tell you. Now, I just kind of neutrally clapped, but Dawn actually cheered uh, because she knew they wouldn't beat her up. I was afraid they might beat me up. So, so I, I, you know, I just kind of kind of had neutral cheers. Go! You know, that could have been could have been anybody that was there. Uh, But we were going to Virginia one time, and uh, the Greenbrier Resort, anybody ever been to the Greenbrier Resort? You know, oh yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It's very nice. Well, they have a bunker tour at the Greenbrier Resort now. Uh, The the, uh, federal government, if there was ever a nuclear attack, they had built an entire, uh, basically, place for Congress to go in a bomb shelter under the Greenbrier. And nobody ever knew it was there until several years ago. But you can tour that, that there. And now at the Greenbrier, there are very strict rules on what you can wear, uh, even in the lobby and things. it's a very ritzy resort. And so Dawn and I were playing a game as we were waiting for our bunker tour to, talk, to start. And the game was Greenbrier Guest or Bunker Tour Visitor. Okay, and I want to show you, this is a picture of some Greenbrier guests right there. Okay, so those are Greenbrier guests. Okay, so we're looking when people come in, okay, are they Greenbrier guests? These are Bunker Tour people right here, uh, the next picture that I'm going there. It was pretty easy to separate the Greenbrier guests from the Bunker Tour people. Somebody would open the door and walk in, and I would go, Bunker Tour. And I go, definitely Bunker Tour. Or a lady would walk in and say, Do you know where the bridge tournament is? And I've got Greenbrier guest, you know, right there. So it was pretty easy to separate. And so Jesus tells us it's also going to be pretty easy to tell the sheep from the goats on Judgment Day. And then he tells us the way that he's going to be able to tell that in a very easy way. And that's the second thing that we see in our scripture. The righteous sheep show who they are by automatically caring for the needy. They show who they are by automatically caring for the needy. Look down at verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And I read that and I go wow that's pretty neat these people are coming in they're blessed by God they have God's favor and blessing upon them they have been given an inheritance they're going to inherit the kingdom of God something prepared for them since the very beginning of time and I read that and I think wow who are these special people how can you tell them what must they have done they they must be pastors and Sunday school teachers. They must be people that come to church every Sunday or gave a lot of money. Uh, you know, they must be people that, that know every question in Bible baseball or something like that. You know, they, 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 these must be the really, really good Christians. And that's how you can tell them, I know who they are. They're easily separated. They've got a fish Bumper sticker on their car, and you can immediately tell they're the righteous of God when they drive down the road, unless they cut you off and 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 give you the finger or something. Then you begin to wonder, you know, uh, you know. I think I've told you the story. there We found a Westport Road Baptist Church. Uh, they used to have these license plates for the church years ago before we were ever here. And Dawn put one on her car, you know, and and uh, and I said, "Where'd you get that?" And she said, "Well, I found it at church." And I said. I want one of those. And about that time, a car swerved in front of me, and I blew my heart. I go, you idiot. And Don goes, you don't get one of the Westport Road uh, bumper stickers. You, you can't have one. You know? and, and so, you know, but how do you tell who these people are? And in verse 35, Jesus tells us, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. So Jesus says there was a time that he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. There was a time that Jesus was thirsty. There was a time that Jesus himself didn't have any clothes. There was a time Jesus was sick and a time Jesus was in prison. And these people can be told who they are, the righteous, because they fed him. And they gave him something to drink. And they gave him clothes to wear. And they visited him when he was in sick and encouraged him. And they went to the prison and tried to build him up. And you see these things and you go, wow, that's amazing. But what's more amazing is what happens in verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? So the righteous sheep say... I don't know when this ever happened. We never saw you like this. When did we ever feed you or or clothe you or visit you or help you? We never saw you in this condition, Lord. And verse 40, the king will say to them, Truly, whatever you did to one of the least of your brothers and sisters, you did for me. And so the way that you tell the sheep is that the sheep are those who care for other people. They're those who care for people who are hungry and who are thirsty and who need clothes and who are sick and who are grieving. The sheep are those who love and care for people. And it's something that comes inside of them. It's not something they're trying to do to get religious points. They're surprised. Why why did you think that was anything great? I mean, that's just what people were supposed to do. Weren't you supposed to help somebody if they're hungry? Weren't you supposed to help someone that's grieving? They didn't see this as anything amazing going on. It's just something innately inside of them. It's not something that saves them. They're saved by Jesus and his sacrifice for them, and they're believing in that. It's something that shows they're saved. That they're caring and loving for other people just as Jesus cared and loved for them. I saw an interesting story in the, in the paper this week. Uh, a guy by the name of Thomas Harwell was attending a Brad Paisley concert in Houston. Anybody here attend a Brad Paisley concert? Thank you, thank you, in Houston. Uh, no, well, anyway. Anyway, he was there and he saw a lady coming in. He we had good seats down on the floor. And the lady was obviously struggling. She had a, a, her daughter with her, and she couldn't get down the stairs. And so uh, uh, Thomas went up, and he helped the lady down, down the stairs to her seat. Uh, when she was doing that, the lady thanked him and said, Hey, thank you. Uh, I've had a stroke. I'm battling cancer right now. and I just don't have a lot of energy. When the concert was over, Thomas and his wife left. And he said he was out in the, in the hallway trying to get to their car, and he goes, Well, if that lady had trouble getting down the stairs, surely she's going to have trouble getting up them. And so he went back in and the whole place was about empty. And he went down and he said, I don't want to offend you, but can I just carry you? And she said, please. And he picked her up and carried her up the stairs. Now, I would say this. That's what a sheep is. A sheep is someone that notices people notices what's going on in their life, and then does something to help because they care. They're not doing it to get religious points. They're not saying, boy, Jesus must be proud of me. What they're thinking is, if that woman had trouble getting down the stairs, she surely got trouble getting up, them. I need to go help her. It wasn't a religious act. It was something that just came innately inside of you because God is with you, and God does love you, and you love and care for other people. So that's how you tell the sheep right there the sheep are people who love and care for other people it just comes naturally from their heart. Now the only thing that bothers me about this passage is that the sheep get put on the right side of Jesus and the goats on the left side because the right's the good side and I'm left-handed. So you know I don't don't like that part but that's just a side note that we'll we'll throw there and keep keep going, you know. So for me the sheep are on the left side. Okay, well, we'll but whatever, whatever, you know. We go on. So that's the second thing that we see. The next thing we see is this. Who then are the goats? The cursed goats are people who center on everything except people. So what do we see about the sheep? The sheep are those who care for needy people. Who are the goats? The goats are people who center on everything but people. And in doing so, totally miss the point. Look down to verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left or right... Uh, depart from me you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels who are these bad people that they're called cursed of god and they're going to find eternal fire not even prepared for people prepared for the devil and demons Woo! these must be some really bad people these must be you know Murderers and and uh, you know and, and 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 thieves and liars. These must be the worst people in the world. Uh, you know these must be the people that watch HBO. You know all kinds of stuff like that out there. Who are these people that are doing all these really bad things uh, that are out there? And so, who are they? Well, he tells us. Keep reading, verse forty-two. I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes, you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't come and look after me. So who were the goats? People who saw Jesus hungry, saw Jesus hungry and didn't feed him. Who saw Jesus thirsty and gave him nothing to drink. Who saw Jesus without clothes and didn't clothe him. Who saw Jesus himself sick and didn't care for him. Who saw Jesus in prison and did nothing to help him. And verse 44, they're just as surprised as the first group. And they'll answer, Lord, we never saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and didn't help you. He said, we never saw this. If we would have known you were hungry, we would have fed you in a second. Why, Jesus, if we'd have known you needed something, we'd have been all over that. We're good religious people. And then look at what Jesus says to the goats verse 45 he will reply truly i tell you whatever you did not do for one of the least of these you did not do for me and they will go away into eternal punishment and the righteous into eternal life they totally missed the point of what their faith was all about they centered on everything but people and so their faith became about things, instead about the things that God cares about the most. And they totally lost the point of what was going on. What Jesus was trying to tell them is, when you help somebody else, you're helping me. Because I created them, I love them, my son died on the cross for them, and when you help somebody else, you're helping me. When you care for somebody else, you're caring for me. And yet they totally missed that. Think of the things the church really centers on today you know, uh, the things that split churches i've been in churches that split almost literally over the shade of color of paint on the wall you know that, that was a big fight is it is it going to be white or off-white you know that was the big fight there and i think i've told you before my family you know we were off-whiters you know i'll, I'll admit that you know we were there and even though they chose white you know we didn't leave the church we stuck it out you know, even though we had that kind of offense going on, uh, but that was one of the things that, that, that was going on and that people were fighting about in the church that I grew up in. Uh, our church literally split when I was growing up over who could take the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is supposed to be something that brings us together as a church. It says we're all saved by Jesus and it makes us one family. And what Jesus gave to unite us is one of the things churches and denominations fight the most about. Now, how ridiculous is that? That the thing that was given to unite us is what we fight about. But it shows us again we're totally missing the point. Churches today spend a lot more time fighting each other than we ever do trying to lead somebody to Christ or help someone that's hurting. Because we've missed the point again of what's going on. Churches get all upset over what kind of music is played. You know, uh, are, do you got this, this hippie band up here? Uh, or do you have good, good Christian music? You know, or a, And churches split over things like that and what's going on. Before we ever changed in our sanctuary to chairs... We had a lot of meetings with a lot of people. We go, this is gonna be bad. When we go from hard benches to soft chairs, people are gonna really get mad about this. You know, I want my hard bench. I don't want to be comfortable. My grandma sat on a hard bench. And if I don't get to sit on a hard bench, I'm not in church. You know, and and, and those are the things we get all upset about. Instead of getting upset about the fact that there are people all around you who are hungry. People all around you who need clothes. People who are grieving. People who are hurting. And you have been put here in this world to make a difference. And we miss the whole point majoring on things that God doesn't care about at all. You know, I remember the uh, Church, I, I pastored a, a previous church. There was a couple that uh, had come to church one Sunday. I was talking to them afterwards. You know, very nice uh, young couple. Never saw them again in church. About a month later, I saw them in the grocery store, and I said, hey, how are y'all doing? They said, great, good to see you. And I said, well, we've been missing you at church. And then the husband was very frank with me, and he said, well, let me tell you something. He said, we went to a Bible study before the worship service. And when we went in, Everybody in the class was arguing over whether or not you should have contemporary or traditional music. Now, here's the deal. We had two services, you know, one contemporary and one traditional. So if you don't like the one, go to the other, you know. But that's what the Sunday school class was fighting about. And they argued the entire Sunday school class. And he said, my wife and I are having some serious marital problems. And we got up that Sunday morning and we said, we can't, we can't get through this on our own. We need to go to church. And when we went to church, that's all we heard. What kind of music was being played and people arguing about it. And I looked at my wife when the service was over and I said, we really need help, but we're sure not going to find it here. Is that what we're projecting as churches? That we're majoring on things that Jesus doesn't care about at all when people are hurting all around us. And people are living and dying without the hope of Jesus Christ. And that brings us to the last thing that we see in our scripture passage, and that's this. What God cares about the most is people. What God cares about the most is people. We care about all kinds of things at our churches. But what God cares about is people. We care about our buildings. We care about how nice they are. We care about what kind of projection we have and the sound and all of that's important. But those aren't the things God cares about. You are not going to get to heaven and God say, how fancy was your church building? I guarantee you, he's not going to say that. He's going to say, what did you do to love and care for other people who were out there in this world? read a really neat story this week. Uh, It was out of England, Uh, a a couple by the name of Ron and Shirlene Gillies. Uh, Ron found out that his mother uh, had taken very sick, got a call from the family and said, we don't think she's even going to live through the day. You need to get here right now. Now, the problem was they were 200 miles away. They were in Edinburgh, Scotland, and they needed to go to Cambridge, England. Uh, And so about 200 miles away. They started out, they got about 50 miles from the house, and they had a wreck. Tore their car up, the car was not drivable. And so they're pulling the car away. They call and they say, hey, we need to rent a car or something. And they were told, the soonest we can get a rent a car to you is three hours. And, uh, we can, and then the rent a car can only, uh, the, the driver can only, we've got all our cars out, he can only take you to the train station. Then it'll be another couple hours to Cambridge. He talked to his brother on the phone. He said, I don't think mom's going to live that long. And she really wanted to see you. They were standing on the side of the road and Ron was crying. And a car drove by with a guy named Dean Moore in it. And he just rode down the window and he said, I see the wreck. Are you okay? And the guy told him the story about his mom. And he said, well, I'm on my way home from work. Get in the car and I'll drive you. So he drove him 200 miles to Cambridge, where he got to see his mom before he died. got a picture of them all right here. That's Dean there, Uh, picture. This became a big story in England. And they went and they talked to Dean. You know what they said? Why did you do this? And you know what? He was stunned. And he said, why did I do it? This man wanted to see his mom before she died. Who wouldn't have done it? And the answer is, Almost nobody would have done it. To say, I'm on my way home from work, jump in, I'll drive you 200 miles, drop you off at a hospital and then drive 200 miles back home. Nobody would have done that. But for Dean Moore, it was just, who wouldn't have helped somebody in that situation? It just seemed something anybody would have done. What he did was something only sheep do. And it's easy to tell the difference. The rest of the world were so stunned, it became a big story in England. For him, it was just who wouldn't have done something to help somebody in that situation? And that's how you separate sheep from the goats. To me, the most interesting thing about our story is how stunned both sides are. How stunned the sheep are that they were doing something extraordinary when they were just helping somebody that needed help, and who wouldn't do that? And for the goats, man, we're religious, we're coming to church. You know, how come we're not being rewarded for this when they're totally missing the point? How do we so completely miss the point of what church is all about? God cares about people. God doesn't care about your church building. God doesn't care about what kind of music you're playing. What God cares about is how your church building and how your music is leading people to Christ and helping them to glorify him. That's what God cares about. He cares about people, and we miss that totally. Uh, You know, we talked about the Lord's Supper supposed to be something to bring us together, and we fight about it. Jesus actually gave us two things to bring us together, and guess what? They're the two things we fight about the most. The other was baptism. Uh, baptism was supposed to be, again, a way of saying we're all one family together. We all died for Christ. We're all sharing in the same waters of baptism. We fight about everything that has to do with baptism. Baptists fight among themselves about baptism when there's nothing to fight about. I've got a friend who's a Baptist pastor, and they had a guy in their church who was a quadriplegic. There was no way they were going to be able to get him in the baptismal pool. And he made a profession of faith. So they got him up on the stage. They put tarps on the stage, brought him out in his wheelchair. And the pastor poured water over his head. Everybody in the church was crying. Unbelievably moving service. That afternoon, the pastor gets a call, goes in. The deacons are meeting. And they said, that's not a real baptism. He didn't go all the way under the water. Now, do you think Jesus was up in heaven going, I don't think there's enough water there. That brother's not saved anymore. Or do you think Jesus was up there glorifying God that that man had given his heart to Jesus Christ? A church I pastored, we had a young man in the church who as a kid had been, had been uh, in, a, in a terrible fire. A firefighter had actually pulled him out of the fire. He was so uh, 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 hurt from the fire that even as a, as a teenager, uh, he had no hair on this side and, and, it's, and his face was, was, uh, was, was uh, scarred. And he started attending our church in high school. And the firefighter who saved him happened to be a member of our church. And then one Wednesday night, he came to me and he said, Chip, I, I want to be baptized Sunday. He said, man, he said, I, I've given my life to Christ. He said, do you know, this is the first place outside of my house i felt comfortable taking my hat off. And, and my whole family is in for a reunion this weekend. And I want to be baptized in front of them. And then he got up and he told that story in church and I baptized him. And everybody was so excited. And then I had a deacon's meeting that afternoon. And you know what they said? Did that boy walk down the aisle? I don't think he walked down the aisle. How could you baptize somebody that didn't walk down the aisle? And I said, where in the church constitution or in the Bible does it say, if thou dost not walk down the aisle, thou art not saved? You know, I'm kind of missing that somewhere, you know, but we begin to major on things that don't count. When all around you, what counts, what Jesus cares about, which is you, we totally ignore. You see, here's the thing. People are what matter. And if your faith isn't about the way that you have a relationship with God and your relationship with other people, you miss the point of what Christianity is all about in the first place. A lot of times we fight each other and kill each other over the Bible when the reason we have the Bible is to help people. Jesus one time was confronted, why are your disciples working on the Sabbath day? And Jesus said, man, you're missing the whole point. Men weren't made for the Sabbath day. The Sabbath was made for men. What Jesus was saying was this, God didn't create Sabbath and then say, okay, people go out and follow it. He created people and then he loved him so much. He said, you need a day of rest to be the best kind of person you can be. It's something that helps us. The reason we have the Bible is to help you. It's to help people. God wants to know what's the best for people, what's going to help people. And then that's what we need to be centering on. This week, I encourage you To go out and seek ways of caring for people, not as religious duty, but because it's just the right thing to do, and because you care about them. And when you're doing it, you're doing it for Jesus. It amazes me sometimes how we so spectacularly miss the point sometimes as Christians in the church, and we drive people away from the church instead of to it. One of my dad's friends was a a tennis pro. And he told me a story one time after I'd become a pastor. And he said, you know, I used to go to church. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, yeah. He said, long time ago. I started as a teenager. He said, I got so excited about being in church and coming to church, I didn't want to miss. And he said, then my senior year of high school, I made the finals of the state tournament in high school tennis. And he said, it was happened to be played. Uh, early on a Sunday afternoon. But the church I went to had two services. So m- my mom said, you're going to be late if you go to church. And I said, Mom, I, I have to go to church, you know. Uh, you know." And he said, so I went to church, but I was wearing my school warm-up suit. And I was wearing it because I wasn't going to have time to change, and we were going to go straight to the tennis match while I was playing for the championship of the whole state. And he said I, I, he said, I was so glad I could come in and went in. I sat down, and the pastor comes in, starts up on the stage, He saw me sitting there, and he walked back, and he said, what are you doing wearing a warm-up suit in church? Don't you have any respect at all? You get up, and you get out of here, and don't you ever come back until you have more respect for God. And that was the last time that man ever attended church. How do we so spectacularly miss the point sometimes? When all God cares about is people. That Jesus died on the cross to save people. When all around you people are hurting and hungry and grieving and suffering. And the way you love them says whether or not you're a sheep or a goat. And it's going to be a pretty easy way of separating on judgment day. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for loving us. We certainly don't deserve it. Help us, Father, to realize that the love and the peace and the care that you've given us is something that we're supposed to want for other people as well. Help us to live a life this week sharing that with others. In Jesus' name, amen. We come to this time of invitation, and one of the things I hope you do in this invitation Is just to say, Lord, give me eyes and a heart this week to see people I can care for. Tell you, just people all around you just want to know somebody notices them and they care. I was at Roosters for lunch the other day. Anybody been to Roosters? Yeah. I was at Roosters for lunch the other day. Our waiter came by and he said, what do you want? You know, what can I get you to drink? You know, my friend said, uh, sweet tea. And I said, you know, I'm a big spender. I'll have water. And he goes, okay, and he starts to walk out, and I said, how are you today? And He turned around and he goes, what? And I said, how are you today? And he puts his pad down, and he sits down next to us, and he goes, it's been a long day. And then he started talking to me and telling me about his day. Then he got his pad and went, went back, and my friend said, you know what? I bet you're the first person all day that noticed he was a human being and not somebody serving them. It's not hard just to go out and to care for people. So this week, just say, Lord, give me eyes to see people and to meet needs. During this time, you can come pray at this altar. I know there's a lot of hurt and things going on in our church right now. You can just pour it out to God right now. You can come and say, I want to join this church and be a part of what this church is doing. And the most important thing you could ever do is say, I want Jesus Christ in my life. You give your life to him and you come and follow him. Whatever God is leading you today, you respond. As you go out this week, look around the room for just a second. Think what would happen if every person in this room said, I'm going to go out this week, and I'm going to try to find people who are hurting and lonely and have needs and do what I can to meet them. Just if the people in this room did it, think of the revolution that would take place in Louisville this week. Go out with open eyes and open heart. Brother Larry? Come on up, Madison. I want to introduce Madison Johanning. And Madison has been attending our church for several weeks now, haven't you? And and, uh, you feel like God is leading you here to serve at our church and be a part of us now. And uh, you'll be praying for Madison, will you not? Madison, Jesus Christ is in your life and he's in all of ours. Our deacons are lined up right over here and they're going to be coming by and speaking to Madison. So please come by and introduce yourself to her and tell her you're going to be praying for her. And she's Uh, here at the greatest church in the United States. Amen. I'm going to ask Mike Barley to uh, dismiss us, please. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for the joy that you give us. We thank you that in incredibly difficult situations, you still give us that joy inside of our heart. We thank you for Madison and for her commitment to join your people here in this church. And Lord, we just pray that you would help us to, to help her to grow and to serve lord we just pray that you would give to each of us a heart for loving other people noticing other people and loving people in the way that they need to be loved we ask these
0: things in jesus name amen we hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you if you have prayer needs or want more information about us We invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.